Turn, if you would, this morning to the book of James. James chapter 5 is where we're going to be this morning. As you're finding your place there, I'd like to encourage you, every one of you, to be back tonight at 6 o'clock. It would be well spent the time that you would uh, be here. Uh, I think tonight's message is a very important message. I think it is a very uh, needed message. And I would encourage every one of us to be here tonight at 6 and uh, it, it might be more relevant than we would even begin to, to think about at first, but I think it's needed. And so I would encourage us all to be here. Uh, the church would be much, much benefited if God's people were faithful to the house of God. You know what? It, it would be. The church would be much benefited if the people of God were faithful to the house of God. So I hope to see you tonight at 6. But we're going to look at the text this morning in just a moment. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, though, and then we'll get started. Fathers, we come to you this morning. It is good to be in your house, and it is good to be reminded of the truths that we have in song this morning. Lord, I'm thankful for how it ties into this morning's message to a great degree. And I pray that you would help us, Lord, to leave here this morning encouraged and helped and even challenged to an extent and that uh, you would just help us to, to receive from your word what we need to today. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning I want to begin with a thought that is not directly tied to the message. It's not exactly where the message is headed, but I want to try to set the stage just a little bit. I know I've mentioned this in the past, and it may seem a bit harsh at first. I don't mean it to be harsh. I think it's just a reality of life that is okay to be considered. But I want to begin this morning by stating this fact that there are some people in our culture and there are some people in our society who are bad parents. Would you agree with that? There are people in our culture, there are people in our society, and there is no better way to describe it than this. They are bad parents. They really don't even deserve to be the parents of the children they are the parents of. We might say it like this. No child deserves to grow up in a home life like that. It's sad. It's unfortunate. But it's true. Now, how many people would fit into that segment of life? I don't know. I guess it would be dependent upon one's opinion. But nobody would deny that truth, that bad parents exist. While that is so, I think most of us would say this, that while we are not perfect parents, we are not bad parents. I don't do everything right, we might say. We might say something like this, there are certainly things that I could do better by way of being a parent, Or we might say there are certainly things that if I had a chance to go back and do them differently, I would have. I'm not suggesting that I am or that I was a perfect parent, but I'm not one of those bad parents that you're talking about this morning. And I think that would be true of most of us, that, that most of us are not bad parents. Maybe we're not parents of the year. Maybe we're not great, 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 great parents 
but we're okay to some extent. So that in mind, I want us to think about an attribute of a good parent. Obviously, this would not be the only mark of a good parent. This would not be the only attribute of a good parent. But certainly, this would be true of a good parent, that the parent will have a consistency among their children. That a parent, if they are a good parent, here is what will be true of them, is that there will be a consistency with that parent in their relationship to their kids. Does this make sense? Say, well, I don't know exactly what you mean. All right, well, let's think about this. A good parent is going to support all of their kids, not just the favorite kid. You know, I mean, if if their children have events, they're going to make the same effort to be at this child's event that they would be to this child's event. They're going to be supportive as much as they can consistently with their kids. They will treat them equal. It doesn't mean that everything is going to be identical, but again, the effort will be there. So they will be supportive. They will be equally encouraging. They will be equally helpful. They're going to do their best to make sure that the children know I am as loved as any of my siblings are. I would just say this, and I think that you would agree with me. I hope that you would anyways. If you don't treat your children equal, with some consistency. I'm not saying you're a bad parent, but I would say this, that is not a good approach to take in parenting. There ought to be consistency in our approach to being a dad or a mom. Now, as we think about that, I just want to remind us of the context this morning of James chapter 5, what's going on, what's being dealt with. We know that some of the believers that James is writing to, they are obviously going through some difficult times. They are going through some very trying times. We know that their wages have been kept from them by way of the landowners. We know that the legal system has not worked for them. The legal system has been unjust toward many of them. And life is very hard and life is very difficult for some, if not many, that James is writing to. And I think if we tried to put ourselves in their position, we would have a better understanding of the stress and the difficulties that they were under. I think most of us would have to admit, if we had our wages kept from us very long, it wouldn't take a real long time before we started noticing it. And I think if we had our wages kept from us for a very long time at all, if if this went on for much time at all, I think many of us would begin to feel the stress and the burden. We might be on edge. We might be a little cranky. We might be a little irritable. I think we would struggle if our income was cut off for no justified reason. Okay. So this is the situation they are in. It is a challenging situation. It is a frustrating situation. And so notice what James says in verse number 10, again, of chapter 5. He said this, take 
my brethren. Take my brethren. So obviously he is writing to those that he would refer to as fellow believers in Christ. And he says, I want you to take them or I want you to consider them. So what is James doing? He is drawing the attention of the believers to someone else. He says, I want you to consider my brethren, the prophets. Who were the prophets? Well, they were the preachers of the word of God. The prophets were the ones who were the mouthpiece of the word of God. It was the prophets who would show up to the people of God by way of the Jews, by by, by way of the Israelites, and it was the prophet who would say to them, Thus saith the Lord. As the prophets would show up into the, the midst of the people of Israel, the Jews, here is what we know, is very seldom were the prophets welcomed with open arms. Very seldom did the prophet of God show up on the scene and say, Thus saith the Lord, and all the people of Israel or the Jews began to say, Thank you so much for the word that you have presented. Thank you so much for for rebuking us and challenging us and calling us to repentance and, and calling us to make things right with God. No, that was very, very, very seldom the case. They did not, as a nation, enjoy being confronted by the prophets. You think about it, not a lot has changed, has it? A lot of people don't enjoy being challenged by a man of God. A lot of people don't want the preacher challenging them. And a lot of people don't want the preacher saying something that they didn't appreciate. I'm just saying what happened back then happens today. What happens today happened back then. And James is saying to his readers, his audience, he is saying, I want you to consider the prophets. He said, who have spoken in the name of the Lord. I want you to consider these people. I want you to take into account, into your thought process, my brethren, those who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of what? For an example of suffering affliction. What did the prophets endure and what did the prophets have to go through as a result of doing nothing but saying, thus saith the Lord? They had to endure and they had to suffer affliction. That's what they had to go through. They had to go through a hard time. They had to go through difficulties. They had to go through discouraging stages of life. I'm going to share something with you that I think many of you can understand, but some of you may not really ever think about this. But there is a difficulty sometimes associated with trying to preach the word of God to people who have no warmth or a spirit of reception to the word of God. You know, some people might think, well, they're the preacher and they just show up to the nation of Israel, these prophets did, and they just preached. And regardless of the response, it didn't really bother them. Let me tell you, that is not true to human nature, even to the prophets or to the preachers. I'll just throw this in real quick. Whenever I'm preaching and I see people completely disinterested in what is going on, when I see people who are mindful of anything going on other than the preaching of the Word of God, I just want you to know it is a cause of burden and it is a cause of frustration many times. 
Now, now listen, I'm not trying at all to make this about me. I'm just trying to explain something to you. If you wouldn't understand this maybe about the prophets, the prophets no doubt struggled with discouragement and frustration and disappointment because they would show up with a message from the Lord and, and they were not well received, they were not accepted, and they were afflicted. They were afflicted. They were hated. They were oftentimes abused. It was not uncommon for them to be imprisoned. And it was not uncommon for some to suffer death. Now are the circumstances exactly the same of the prophet to the people that James is writing to? The answer is no. The circumstances and the specifics are not the same. But you know what James is saying? He is saying this. Just like you have gone through affliction and just like you have gone through difficulties and just like you have gone through trying times, I want you to know this. You're not the first one to go through it. Are we hearing this this morning? You are not, he says, the first one to go through difficulties and trying times. So he says, I want you to consider, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for or as an example of suffering affliction. But notice what else he wanted them to see by way of their example. It was not just that they, uh, they were afflicted or that they suffered. He said they are also an example of patience. Patience. What does it mean whenever he says that they were an example of patience? It means this, that they were an example of endurance and perseverance. Much like what was preached a couple of weeks ago, here is what would be the example of the prophets who showed up with the word of the Lord whenever they were afflicted, whenever they were hated. Here is what they did not do. They did not quit. They did not give up. They stuck with it and continued to preach the word of God. So here's James writing to believers, and no, they're not the prophets in this situation. No, they're not the ones who are preaching and suffering affliction, but they are the ones who are going through the difficulty and the trying times of being abused and being mistreated by their rich landowners. And so James says, I want you to consider them, my brethren, those who have gone before you, not only were they afflicted, they also endured. Now, to a degree, you know what James is saying? You too can endure. You too can persevere. You too can be patient. You don't have to quit. Consider their example. He says in verse number 11... Behold, we count them happy or blessed which endure. He said, let's be honest and let's think about this. If, if you look back over the life and over the testimony of a prophet who just stayed faithful, who just stuck with it, isn't it true that we look at that person as though they were blessed and as though they were favored by God? The answer is yes. Who do we have some of the most respect for in the scripture? We have the respect for the ones who were afflicted, who knew difficulty, who knew trying, who knew hard times, and they just stuck with it. 
That's who we respect. We don't respect the quitters. We don't respect the ones who throw their hands up in the air and walk away. No, we respect the ones and we view them as blessed, the ones who just endured and just stayed faithful. So as James refers to prophets in general, he then speaks of Job in verse number 11 specifically. He says, ye have heard of the patience or the endurance of Job. I know that many of us are familiar with this story. In my daily Bible reading, I just recently wrapped up the story of Job. And if you think about a man who endured something, Job has to be at the top of your list. Job lost his family. He lost his wealth. He lost his possessions. He lost his health. He lost everything that would matter to a person. And yet he continued to be patient and he continued to endure. Now, again, completely different circumstances than what the audience of James was dealing with. But he says, you have heard of the patience of Job. I want us to hear this, not be distracted. You have heard of the patience of Job, and he says this, and have seen the end of the Lord. Ye have seen the end of the Lord. What does that statement mean, that ye have seen the end of the Lord? It just means this. We have witnessed the manner in which God works. He is saying to the the believers and, and to his audience there, James is, listen, if you think about it, we have witnessed the way in which God works. There is a pattern here. As to how God works. With who? His children. There is a consistency in how God works. There is an equality in how God works with his kids. Okay, as he worked with the prophets, he also worked with Job. And here is what he says that they had seen and witnessed by way of nature of the Lord. He said that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. For the ones who just stick with it, for the ones who just resolve in their heart and their minds, I'm going to stay faithful. For the ones who just determine, I'm not going to quit. He said, you know what they have all experienced, and you know what all of them have known? He said, you need to look at their example. Here is what they have experienced. They have experienced and known that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. What does that mean? It's just a reference to the kindness of God, to the goodness of God, to the compassion of God, to the desire of God to aid those who are going through difficult times. You know what God or what James was saying to the believers? He is saying, listen, as God was good and kind and compassionate and came to the aid of the prophets, as God was good and kind and compassionate and came to the aid of Job, you need to know that that is how God works with all of his children. And so you who are going through a total different set of circumstances, you who is going through a different set of trying times, you can know without doubt because of the consistent nature of God, you will know his goodness, you will know his kindness, you will know his compassion, and he will aid you provided you endure 
and provided you are patient. You know what James was saying, in essence, to try to keep with the illustration just a little bit? He's trying to say to his audience, he's not going to treat one kid better than another kid. He's not going to show more encouragement and strength and support to to one group of children than he has another group of children. Again, the circumstances are different. The specifics are not at all the same. But what you see in God's dealings with his people is a consistency. When you stick with it, when you don't quit, when you just endure... You will know the goodness and the kindness and the compassion of God. And you will know God's aid in your situation. Now this morning, as that is true, you see where this message is headed. There's not going to be a surprise around the corner. You know exactly where this message is headed, but I want us to think about this morning. I want us to think about this, that we do not just serve a good God. We serve a perfect God. Here, here's the beauty of this. The God that we serve is not just good, he is perfect. And so because he is perfect, there is no fault or flaw or blemish to be found in him. Now, I know that that's not going to excite everybody, but it's going to excite some of us. We serve a perfect God with no fault, no flaw, no blemish. There is not one ounce of error in him whatsoever. And what do we get to call him? Our father. Are we hearing this? Some are not, but I I hope that we are. We get to call this perfect person, God, our father. So he's not just a good father. He is a perfect father. He's not just a good father. He is a father without fault, without flaw, without blemish. And where you and I might struggle with some favoritism at times, where you and I may struggle to to show the exact same uh, effort and energy or emotion with all of our kids equally, here is what is true of God. He never struggles with that for a moment. That's wonderful. God cares about me as much as he ever cared about any of those prophets. God cares about me as much as he cared about Job. God cares about me as much as he cared about these believers that James was writing to who had their wages robbed from them and the financial difficulties they were experiencing. With this perfect, faultless, flawless God that I have the privilege to call my Father, I can know that He cares about me as much as He cares about anyone else. 
And that's not a statement of arrogance. That's just a statement of fact. You know what you're able to leave here this morning saying? You're able to leave here this morning saying this, God cares about you as much as he cares about anyone else in this world. You say, well, I'm not this person. I'm not one of the prophets. I'm not Job. I'm not one of those people found in the scripture. Right, but, but God who is consistent with all of his children cares about you as much as he could care about anyone else. So here is something that is encouraging to me and I would trust would be encouraging to you. And that is this, is whenever we go through the struggles of life, whenever we go through the trials of life, whenever we go through the difficulties of life, what we are going to know and experience is his goodness, his kindness, his compassion, and his aid. I will know the goodness of God and the compassion of God and the kindness of God and the mercy of God and I will have his aid if I just stick with it. And you will too. You will as much as anyone else. Now, I don't know this morning if you need this or not. I don't know if you're going to leave here this morning and say, man, I was really helped by the message, or if you're going to leave here in a few minutes and say, what exactly was he trying to say? I just didn't really get it. I was kind of distracted. My, my mind was wandering just a little bit. I, I was a little warm, and so I got a little flustered. I don't know where, where we're going to be on this whenever we're dismissed in a minute. But I'm just going to tell you this morning, as I studied this week, I needed this. Maybe just a little bit of personal confession here. Maybe it'll be a help to some. Maybe it won't to others. I don't know. But I'm just telling you, in light of some of what I've preached the last couple of weeks, I have needed this. Because here's what I want, as I mentioned Wednesday night. I want to end my walk with God being faithful to him. I really do. I want to end my walk with the Lord one day being able to say, by the grace of God, I was faithful to the end. I wasn't just hit and miss. I wasn't casual in my approach. I wasn't flippant in my attitude. I want to be able to say I was faithful. just want it but you know where the battle has been lately just like I preached Wednesday night here's where the battle has been it's been in the mind maybe I shouldn't admit this out loud maybe I shouldn't talk about these things I'm just going to and and and, and I think most of you can handle this maybe a few of you might get a little bit bothered but but i'm just going to be honest with you this morning and say this in the battle of the mind you, you know what the struggle has been the struggle has been this satan's saying to me kyle you're wasting your time
Kyle, you're putting this effort into the preaching. You're putting this effort into the teaching. You're putting this effort into trying to, to reach out to people and to be an encouragement. And, and what are you getting from it, Kyle? You're getting some people who just continue to, to be more and more disinterested in the things of God. You're getting more people who are just kind of dropping out. You're getting more people who just seem to get an attitude toward the things of God. And just no consistency with some. No real genuine concern for the things of God. And I'm just saying in my mind, it, it, the battle has been real. And it's like Satan is saying, you're just wasting your time. It's like Satan is saying, where are the results of your, your effort? Where are the results from your labor, Kyle? I, I mean, you're not seeing anything. Not only are the people that, that you're trying to invest in, many of them are just falling by the wayside and they're not taking it serious. Satan's also saying, I mean, be honest with yourself, Kyle. What's really happening in the church that you can see? And, and in my mind, it's like, not much. Just being honest with us this morning. And in the midst of the discouragement, in the midst of the discouragement, in the midst of the frustration, you know what my flesh wants to do? I want to quit. Walk away from it. I'm not completely worthless to this society. I can go get me another job. I can go, I can go do something to pay my bills. There's a battle within me sometimes. Just quit. Just walk away. And Satan is saying, it's a waste of time. There are no results. And I don't want that. Man, I want to be faithful. As I said just a moment ago, I want to be faithful to the end. But this battle is taking place in my mind sometimes. And it's been strong recently. And, and I needed this message to remind me that God does care what's going on in my life. He is mindful. He didn't just do that for the prophets, and he didn't just do it for Job, and he didn't just do it for the, the audience that James was writing to. God will do it for me as well. If I will not quit, if I will endure, if I'll just stick with it. And i got to remind myself of that sometimes. Because the battle in the mind is strong. I don't know what discouragements you're dealing with today. I don't know what frustrations you're dealing with today. But I do know this. Some of you could be wrestling with the mind as much as I just tried to convey to you that I have been. You may be sitting here this morning saying, it's been a battle. It has been a challenge. It has been rough. It has been intense. I get it. I just want to say to you this morning, that God cares about you as much as he cares about anyone else. And if you'll just stick with it, you will know the goodness and the kindness and the compassion of God. And at the right time, at the right time, you will know the aid of God. 
I'm just saying the last couple of days I've had to hold on to that truth because the flesh says, yeah, when are you going to see it? Yeah, yeah, you're going to stand up there and preach it. When do you think you're really going to see it? I don't know. But I've got to believe if I'm going to be a Bible believer. Let's listen. I have got to believe that God is going to do for me what he has been willing to do for everyone else who stayed faithful. I encourage us. Stick with it. Be patient and endure. Because we have seen how God works with others. He will be consistent and he will do that for us if we don't quit. Let's all stand this morning and bow our heads for prayer. Fathers, we come to you this morning. I pray that you would help us, those who would need to be encouraged today. I pray that you would help us to be encouraged. Lord, for those who need to be strengthened, I pray that they would be strengthened. God, for those who are in a spot right now where this message maybe doesn't have as much of an impact, maybe doesn't carry as much weight, that's fine. That's certainly fine if, if that's not in the position, the position they're in right now. But God, for those who would need it, I pray that they'd be encouraged today, that they'd be helped. God, I pray that you would help whoever may be struggling to just stick with it and to just be patient and endure. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.